Welcome to the Games Revealed podcast brought to you by Bunny Strike Studios. This is James. And I'm Tyson. And Jaguar. And we're here to bring you an amazing game that just came out. I, yep, we're actually on time for a new release, for a new game, for this podcast. And that game is The Medium. And uh, just essentially you follow a badass medium as she explores a creepy abandoned murder resort in the Polish wilderness called Niva. And, and it's not Niwa. Like some might pronounce it. Yeah. In in the psychological horror, you are witness to every effed up thing that could happen to a child in an adventure not to die. Yep. And it's uh, surprisingly, the only guns you're allowed to carry in this game are your finger guns. So <laughs> that was actually a great solid starting point. <laughs> Spirit guns. That's what, yeah, no, this is, this game is a very different game. And I think some people were expecting something different than what they got on this one. But it's not a bad thing because... That there is a lot of mixed reactions on this, a lot of mixed reception, um, I should say, from the journalism world on games. So what was uh, what's like the high and lows? Because I I myself have not read much on the this reception, so fill me in. Yeah, so like uh, Game Informer gave it a se- uh, six point seven out of ten, which isn't bad. Once again, yeah. But then you get uh, GameSpot who. They gave it a 9 out of 10, and then you have uh, PC Gamer, which gave it a 92 out of 100, which is, for PC Gamer, a massive one. Mm-hmm. That's really big. Once you get in the 90s, they don't get, do that very often. Like, Half-Life 2, I don't think they, I don't know if they've ever given 100, if I'm, if I can remember correctly, because I think Half-Life 2 got like a 96 or something like that. Nice. So, PC Gamer loved it, even though the controls were a little iffy <laughs> on the PC, and then you get like PC games and you get uh, Shack News. Um, they gave it, you know, six out of 10. Videogamer.com gave it a five out of 10. So it's like oh, some wow, people yeah. did not like it and some people loved it. Yeah. So that's why I'm saying it's mixed. And I think it comes down to the style of this type of game. Yeah. And for the few I saw, it was mostly well received. Uh, but like you say, there was a lot of middling reviews. I did see a few, though, that were like pretty low three out of five or. Uh, four out of ten. So there's a couple people that just straight up didn't like it, but those seem to be few and far between. You know, I can kind of, I can kind of understand this mixed reception because while yes, the controls, as James mentioned, is pretty rough on PC, and my hand is cramped. I don't think I can move my fingies anymore. <laughs> yeah, he's now named the Claw. I'm the Claw. <laughs> uh, so I can get that totally, and at the same time, I can get why the positives were really good because that was just they they had really great highs. So yeah, they have some lows. I can get the mixed portion of it. For this type of game, I didn't really see the lows as much. I mean, yeah, the controls, but if you're going to go with this type of, like, um, style of how the camera is, like this type of camera, and that's just how the controls are going to go. I don't know Mm -hmm. if they could have tightened. It's like with Little Nightmares. I don't know if they could have tightened it up that much better. I would have hoped they would have tried, though, because they they can always tweak it a little bit. Uh, The controller does help a lot, though, when playing this game. I will say don't use a keyboard and mouse. Use a controller. The keyboard and mouse is really really rough uh, with this type of game. Um, It's the action for me that kind of got it. If it didn't have the action, it wouldn't have bothered me that much. Yeah, and they do recommend that right out of the gate just to kind of let you know. Like, I think it was really designed for controller play. Oh, really? I thought mm-hmm. it said on the, the intro it was, like, best played with the keyboard or something, and I'm no, like, no. oh, all right, cool. I can That's attest having played it with a keyboard, not best. But Ugh, it, yeah, you pick awful. up on it after a while, and it becomes not such a big deal. I just wish you could reprogram the keys, remap the keys. Oh. That would have been nice. Yeah, that would have been really nice. And, like, for me, 
the reception was, you know, all over the place, and I and I get it. But if you like this type of game, or if you can get into the story, if you like psychological horrors, um, it can. It, the way this world is, it becomes somewhat beautiful when the highs, like when you're walking through the forest, it's very beautiful. Mm-hmm. I I love the world. It's and especially since I I maxed out my PC's graphics on this, it was beautiful with the ray tracing and everything. It was gloomy. But that's not a bad thing. You don't. Yeah. You can't have it be happy rainbows and unicorns all the time. And the gloominess just added to the atmosphere, which made the whole experience for me very beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with that. I really liked it. Uh, you mentioned the forest too. That's more towards the end of the game. Um, although you do see it in some of the opening kind of cut scenes as well. I, I, like I looked at that and was like, I would love to go camping there. Yeah, <laughs> like so it really is a beautiful place. Um, and then the opening of the game is kind of overcast and rainy. Um, again, like James was saying, it's not a bad thing, and it was beautiful. It just kind of fit the mood of what was going on at the time. Uh, so I, I agree, beautiful game. And we're just to kind of clarify, um, those mixed reviews are kind of how publicly it was received. So now we're kind of on to how we feel about it personally here. Yeah, yeah I, uh, I think that gloominess was perfect for the world that you lived in, having that dual-sided... Um, you know, living in the real world, spirit world. And it was nuts how they actually, um, I don't know if translated is the right word, but translated what it looked like in that past and in the spirit world, like where the stairs are intact, uh, you know, in that spirit world rather than in the real world where they were collapsed and how everything was just such a meat uh, looking, you know, substance. Yeah, I was going to say their interpretation of, what the spirit world is like um, was it was nuts. I really liked it. I like I like when you have ah unique's not the word I want to use here, but like an interpretation on the horror genre that is beyond just like ooh we're trying to be scary. Like there's a lot of the design that is meant to be just as psychologically um, twisted as much as it is to be like visually twisted and. and to have that visual impact. Uh, there's a lot about this game that makes you think, and I, and you can tell just through the artistic design, and I really like that about it. Yeah, and one thing they nailed with it was just the pathing that you, you utilize throughout this world, and that's one thing that I was initially worried about because I want to see everything that they have to offer with this world, and I love to explore things. And I know this isn't an inventory-heavy game, like an item-heavy heavy game, but still, I would look for everything because I like finding the secret stuff, too. So it was very nice to, you know, enter the spirit world and not be 100% sure where you're going. Like, it's pretty obvious where you're going, but it's like, what's down this hall? And it immediately ends. And so I loved that knowing, um, I, you know, there wasn't anything that I was missing because they did make it very, not super linear, but linear to get to, you know, the next puzzle, mm-hmm. you know, where you had to go to start solving how to get through to the next one. So I like how it was very, very easy to keep on point with that. Yeah, you could definitely go out of your way a little bit, um, but it would cut you off before you got deep, deep down a wrong path. And it would let you know, hey, there's more that needs to be done before you can go farther down this way. But I like that because I am a search every inch of the room type of guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I definitely got my fix of that, you know, going behind counters, running down halls I wasn't allowed to go to yet, um, trying to peek under stairs. And then, you know, especially in the early part of the game, trying to find that balance for when you need to do that in the, the physical world and when you need to try and do some of that exploring in the in the spirit world, which at the beginning is a little 
Like they leave it up to you to kind of determine, hey, maybe I need to take a different perspective here. And I like that because once you figure it out, it's pretty intuitive. But that process of of gaining that understanding for yourself is they leave you alone for it, where a lot of games kind of spoon feed you those things. And like mm-hmm. Tyson's saying, it's it's pretty it's a pretty natural progression, so it's not complicated, uh, but it very much is not going to hold your hand either. Yeah, and for me, like, exploring was fun, and I did it pretty much the first half everywhere. And then I think the second half I, I started doing it a little less because um, there were story elements you could miss, but uh, they were pretty obvious where the story elements were. Um, I will say... Uh, to explore, they kind of just let you do, <laughs> like, you get to a point and then you know you have to go back and explore. Mm-hmm. Where, like, with the car, you couldn't inspect the car until you went, like, at the beginning until you went up to the doors to know that you needed to inspect the car, from my understanding. Because I think I went to the car and you couldn't inspect it. So, yeah, there's certain parts where, if you're going to play this game, just know that the parts that are really important to explore, they'll kind of... L- you're let gonna, you know about that yeah, a little bit. You're going to explore. You're going to have to, or yeah. you're not going to progress. I just want to point out that I do believe I actually f- explored the car before I went up to the door. Although I had already looked at the phone. Cut the line. Uh, yeah, I'm going to edit that out because I'm correct. Yeah. Well, oh, like, I, really I noticed really, I really on, and I was curious how many other people picked up on this, but you have like a spirit sense on top of your other spirit abilities, mm-hmm. and it'll let you see th- items if they're yeah. there. And I kind of had the same thing where I wasn't able to get into the car and then I just hit my spirit sense button and I could see there was something in there. And then I was able to get the item that you get from the car. See, I don't know if I used that. I just explored and I didn't, the car didn't do anything for me. I will say the scripting assumes that you went up to the building first. That's a mo- it's not like, it's not game breaking, but it was, she's yeah. like, oh, I need something to get in here. And I'm like, hot damn, I have just the thing. <laughs> yeah, I ran, we're right to the payphone, right to the door and then went looking. So I did it in the right order that they wanted me to. Yeah, you're right. I played the game wrong. Yep. You guys, you guys are bad. I'm going to get a letter from Bloober. <laughs> I dare you don't play this the way we intended like, uh, it. We had it on rails for a reason, and you're supposed to just sit there on in the cart and get this done. Yeah. You guys didn't use the command menu to get all the items you needed right at the start? Oh, oh thank my you. bad. It's a two-hour two no. game. Why is it taking people six hours? Oh. <laughs> they were saying it's an eight- to ten-hour game, and I think it takes people, like, seven hours. I watched a guy do it in five, so. Hey, I should check my game time on that. I don't actually know was how it long first it took time? me. Probably not. Oh, okay. Well, you can do it in, like, three or four if you're rushing it. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a long game uh, in that sense, which, to be honest, this type of game, it, I think it was just the right time. Yeah, I was going to say exactly that. Like, honestly, like, it sounds short, but when you play it, it's as long as it needs to be. And the pacing is a large part of that. Like, the, the way yeah. this game is paced, by the time you get to the end, you're ready to be at the end. Um, and you're also looking forward to it. It's just really well designed. Yeah, no, and and part of that design is the two worlds. It's the dual worlds is really how it is, you know, with the um, going in between the, what is the other world called? Do we do we Just know? the spirit realm. The spirit yeah, realm. spirit realm. Like, so Limbo. Yeah. Limbo, yeah, that's a good, and it's so creepy. It has the bones and just. Turkey the, town. The <laughs> atmosphere of it is just, I wouldn't want to be a spirit there the rest of my life. Like, sadness, I'm like, I know why you're sad. You're in here with a bunch of brisket bones and stuff like that. Like, <laughs> brisket bones. I'd love that world if there was at least some bones that still had brisket on it. Well, I mean, oh, yeah. you look at the bones, you're like, that's not human. That's not human. That's not human. <laughs> yeah. What are, where do these bones belong? Who do they belong to? Like, <laughs> it, it, it looks really cool. But that's one of the things I did catch a little bit of. 
<laughs> but uh, the visioning and like the visions that you get from both sides, you know, it, it just really added to the atmosphere that there's just this other almost parallel world. Almost that's what it is, you know, uh, existing at the same time that you are existing in our world. And when they have to do the split screen, it's just fascinating to have to solve those puzzles. I've never had to do that before. So I missed a couple of things. That's what took me a little longer because I was only paying attention to one of them. Yeah. I was going to say, I watched James stream it and noticed uh, for me, and again, I was just as impressed with it as he was, but for me, it was a little more natural. Like when, when that screen would come up, I would know that I need to check both, but you kind of can only focus on one at a time. So I just would keep an eye out for the little indicators that there was something in the room, but it's, it's a, it's a learning experience to learn how to juggle your vision as you're walking through these small spaces. Like, okay, did I look in every corner on both screens? Did I do it twice? I liked it, um, but I heard that they are actually trying to, and not to quickly tangent, but to quickly tangent, I heard they're trying to patent or copyright this, uh, this mode of gameplay, this dual screen split. Mm. Uh, yeah, did you guys read that. anything it's about not, that? It's not going to happen. Yeah. And you can't patent that type of stuff very easily unless you're Apple. And then you can patent a wedge for a game <laughs> laptop or for a laptop. Unrelated, another company's trying to do the same thing around theirs, and it's slipping my mind what, which it is. But I know just Sony's like, wow, patenting something to fix um, AI in games, like just the console well, itself, apparently, to. Or maybe it's something they yeah. add to engines that people are using to build games it, on it. But oh, it was Shadow of Mordor. They want to patent the mm-hmm. the uh, revenge system, basically, mm-hmm. or whatever it is. Like mm-hmm. if one of them kills you, it gets harder and stuff. They're like, happen. we're gonna copyright I'm gonna say this that. right That's now. Ours. And I'm, this is then against anyone. I've done, I've worked in a patent uh, office on software. I'm obviously not a lawyer here. Right. But it's that those types of patents are almost impossible to do. Yeah. No, it's, it's like, just funny that they're trying to do it, but at the same time, I think they're the first bizarre. one. So first ones to do this dual dual world and it is so different. Maybe they're going to have a leg up. Yeah. But I anyway, they did a no, good I, job with it as well, which is yeah, in yeah. their favor. So it was beautiful. No, I'm a hundred percent against patenting that type of stuff. <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, no, I, I, I really it. hate patents. And so when I, it comes to that. I get it, because what if Nintendo did it? And to get us back off a of track real oh, quickly, I, what if Nintendo yeah. did it with, you know, Mario? You know, we'd never have another side That's scroller. my point, is that. Yeah. It'd um, be awful. It's, it really is. I feel patented. like, oh, yeah, it, it, it feels so. Why is this, that's why it hasn't been done that often. That's why you don't see it, because it's not easy to do every time i've been a part of a company that does software or art related patents like this it's almost impossible to get it through because Mm. someone's done something so similar in the past or it's just not easy to define because there's been people that have done split they're just not done it quite like this yeah yeah maybe gone into other realms feels so different that's why it feels so different but it's nice it's and maybe that's where they got some of their influence from huh maybe some of their design Mm-hmm. Maybe no. <laughs> you yeah. just got me upset now because I really don't want this to be a patent. Oh, that's funny. I, and it, like you say, it probably won't. But at the same time, it's like I get why they're trying, and I don't hold it against them for trying. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I actually do hold it against them. So I don't hold it against them for trying because people are going to be greedy. Well, here's here's yeah. my logic behind it: is that like a lot like an engine, you can license it out, and so it is as a business practice, pretty clever to get it patented if you can, because it's not like they're just going to bogart it. They will then license out that mm-hmm. tech or whatever you want to call it. And people that are interested in using it will pay for the license, just like you do with an IP yeah. or any of the other stuff. 
Speaking yeah. of IPs, <laughs> uh, this game does feel very reminiscent of a lot of games. One I'll mention is what I haven't played, but because of this game, I will now go back and play it because I've heard so much about it. But the first two that it reminded me of instantly were Resident Evil, the early games, and Silent Hill, which I have played. It's more like I borrowed it one time just to kind of see what it was all about, or I think I played it at a friend's house, so I haven't like played played it. But it's got the same type of mechanics and feel as Resident Evil does, but it has a much better creepy factor, and that's where I feel like it's more similar to the, the medium here um, is with the the ambiance, I guess you want to call it, the atmosphere. Um, I feel like you get that from Silent Hills, and then just the camera and the movement is very Resident Evil, as well as the tone. Uh, and I like that, personally. Like, If you haven't played a game with those types of controls, it can be pretty frustrating, but for me, it just kind of kicked in on the nostalgia factor because it was better executed than it was on those old PS1 games. So it was easier to move around, but you still had that kind of feeling of limitation, which, in my opinion, adds to the atmosphere. But I've heard a lot of people say that it's very similar to Alan Wake, which I've been hearing about all my life, like literally mm. since that game came out. But I was never an Xbox guy, so I never got to play it. Yeah. And now I'm like, if, if, it's, if it's anything like this, I need to go play because I love this game. I only heard negative things about Alan Wake from James, so yeah. I never I never yeah. bothered to play Screw it. Screw that game. I heard the sequel. <laughs> like no. I heard don't go anywhere near the sequel. But apparently the first game is pretty solid. It's not. Is it really a sequel? It almost felt like an offshoot expansion. Is what they call it. Either way, people say don't touch it. Like they're like no. pre pretend it doesn't exist. Really? <laughs> yeah. I liked. I, I didn't like the DLC that much for uh, Alan Wake, but Alan Wake's um, second title, which isn't really like Alan Wake Two, it's just like this offshoot because it came out like a year later, was still actually pretty good. It was different. Waking Alan. <laughs> and uh, no, but. Alan Wake is good, and I'd recommend, to be honest, both those. Um, if you don't want more Alan Wake, I wouldn't recommend the DLC. Yeah. Um, now, I will say one thing I want to mention just along these same lines is that despite feeling similar to all these other games, this game very much feels unique, and that to me is a huge accomplishment considering like how familiar things feel and yet how much new things this game brings to the table. Yeah, and uh, I have to put a little note in there because it... <laughs> And I'll talk about this maybe a little bit more, but the Silent Hill influence is uh, very much real because the original composer for Silent Hill is the composer on this. Oh, damn. So oh, James is oh. dropping knowledge bombs over here. Facts. Yeah. So, no, that and that's that's one of the things that I was like, oh, they had some of the team from the original uh, Silent Hill on this. That's amazing. More than just that guy, too. So uh, that's probably where they came from, and that's why they haven't built a new Silent Hill. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Speaking of Silent Hill, you know, there's a lot of demons, you know, got, you got a lot of things that you got, uh, can't really defeat. And this, Spirits you can at least defeat ghosts. some of the demons in it. Mm -hmm. And it's in a very roundabout way, obviously. But uh, it was fascinating how the game portrayed demons in this, the inner demon specifically, where, you know, trauma in the past caused people to just have these demons stick with them the rest of their lives to do mm -hmm. potentially bad things or it, it just lingered. And so when you go into these guys' minds, I guess, is what he, what um, Thomas is doing, it's very fascinating how all this stuff drags on, like these inner demons be, grow bigger and drag on, especially if you don't resolve them early on. And just, I think it's a very good metaphor for life. Yeah, it also was really interesting. To me, if I'm understanding 
the culture correctly, it seems like a lot of this was influenced by the Japanese style of ghost lore, where it's like the building up of bad feelings and resentment and all kinds of negative emotions make manifestations mm-hmm. of real things. So it's not... It's an interesting thing because psycholo- or philosophically it's interesting because you have these inner demons and these things that you struggle with. Um, but then there's a reality parallel to that where these demons actually live within you and warp your personality. And that's shown by one of the char- characters. I think his name's like Agent Smith or something. I probably have that wrong. Agent Smith. Um, but he, there's an agent in this game that is relevant to the story. And that's where you really start to see as well as... Um, kind of your end boss you see later in the game, the parallel there as well. But the the demons are very much real, but they seem to be born from the negative emotions. And that negative emotion thing is a very common Japanese style of ghost telling, like hmm. someone died in this house or uh, there was a lot of anger here in that when the person moved, the anger stayed and then a, a ghost took over. So yeah. things like a- the ring and stuff have a lot of that. Exactly. In it. There's a lot of, well, and there's a lot of that, I think in the past hundred to hundred years in a lot of different cultures. And I'm kind of curious because this is a Polish game, Polish developers. Yeah. I'm kind of curious. Uh, and it does feel like a lot of it was heavily influenced by their culture. I'm wondering how much of that also too is from their culture. Yeah. It seems very blended. Like yeah, I was saying, you exactly. can see the parallel there, but at the same time you can see a lot of the Catholic version of demons. Um, and they're very real interpretation in, in that spiritual sense. I thought that was really interesting. Yeah. And then on top of that, they apparently can be even more physical than that. But yeah, it's really interesting. And then there's some super interesting characters in the game. Um, one of which I just really, I couldn't figure out what was going on with this guy, but there's a student Francis that I just did not really understand what his kind of contribution to the story was. Yeah, he definitely had some inner demons himself. Now, I don't think, and we talked a little bit about this earlier, and I don't think he was, like, necessarily possessed by uh, what was going on there, but he was definitely affected by it um, because you find him in his tent. Uh, so and oh, he yeah. he looks relatively fine like he doesn't look all jacked up and janky like everybody else or at least you know like what you would imagine they would look like. I mean um, he's decomposed a yeah, little he, bit. Yeah, he, he's de- he's decomposed, but you know like everybody else is gone or they're like skinned into suits or like he wore them for, and for some reason they didn't wear Francis. So it was almost like he was using him to get stuff done for him. And the whole time you have you find these postcards written by Francis or F for the most part until you figure out it is Francis. I called him Frank. Um <laughs> And he's writing to his love that, you know, come visit me. It's wonderful here. Like, I got this job. Oh, I got this promotion. Uh, You know, someday I'll send them to you. And you're like, why am I finding these all around here if this is the dude that's writing them? Well, he never sent them. But I think eventually, because some of the postcards you find written to her, he's actually glad that the people are dead there. And it's like he's witnessed this and even helped in some of it. And so I think part of it is eventually he did send one of those, like, come visit me type of a deal. And I couldn't find anything that verified this, but in my mind, or in, for me, my conspiracy with this Francis guy, his inner demon eventually got the best of him, and he got them to come to get murdered by the mall. See, and, and for me, it just seemed like it was an outlet as he was witnessing all this stuff and spiraling down to insanity. It started out with him just being... I had to come here for a job. I couldn't bring the family. I can't wait to bring you guys. And then all the crazy stuff starts happening, and he's just using these postcards as an outlet and not sending them. And to me, it was like this descent into kind of madness. Um, 
I didn't quite pick up on that. But again, like I, like I said earlier, I didn't know what to make of all this. But I didn't really pick up on like that he was trying to lure his family no. in for a death trap, or that he took part in any of the. No, not not the whole killing. time he was trying to, but postcards with stamps on them. Crazy guy that's enjoying killing in the maw. You tell me he's not going to drop one of those in the mailbox. Speaking of which, eventually one gets sent that brings him to the point where he's already crazy, and they're going to get murdered. Speaking of which, dude, when you first when you first come across Francis and he speaks to you, and then the aftermath of that, and you're just like, what the (laughs) fuck just happened? Yeah, that was a cool moment. Yeah, encountering Francis was actually very crazy for me. And just, you know, he starts talking, and then you look in there, and you're like, he's dead, right? Oh, yeah, the dog leads you to him, and then you never see the dog again. Yeah, and he talks to you from inside his tent, and then you open the tent, and it's just like this decomposed. I don't think long, but a couple days at least. Oh, yeah. Um, Very, yeah. It's gross looking. Yeah, he's not melting. He's not melting yet, but... uh, I think the ma is just Stinky. preserving him because he's just like I gotta keep the skin ready just in case. <laughs> yeah. So there's a lot of there's a lot of really interesting things like Francis's story that are just um, interesting to think about and cool how they implemented it. One of the things that I thought was really interesting is it seems like a lot of the items that you deal with in that game are they're physical manifestations of things, but they're not technically the things that they are. Like the the best example is the razor. So there's a part in the game where you need to get a razor to get through these skin walls, which are barriers in the in the spirit world, which just come off as like energy fields that you can't cross in the real world. And you use the razor to cut through these disgusting skin walls uh, to progress to the next area. Well, one of the things that happens is when Marianne picks up that razor, she says, this thing isn't a razor. It's guilt, shame regret oh yeah so again kind of feeding into even how the demons manifest it's like these everything that exists in the spirits spiritual world is a manifestation of residual emotion uh there is a comment at one point in the game where there's positive stuff too um i believe the cat actually that lets you warp through the the mirrors i think that's a remnant of a positive emotion okay and and the Um, sunflower the yeah, sunflowers yeah. you actually draw well uh, uh, energy from. And it's just such a cool concept. Like, I spent a lot of time just, like, breaking that down in my mind, what that means, not just in the game, but, like, just as a concept. I thought it was really cool to have it, man. Like, to have especially the conditions under which you find the razor. I was like, dude. So you get why it's a razor, but at the same time, it's just made from this dude's negative emotions before he slits his wrist in the bathtub. Yeah, <laughs> and I was just going to say, it totally totally looks like it, too. It looks like those emotions, like that is a nasty-looking razor. It does not look like anything you'd want to use. Yeah, and then again, the tie-in is just that like the demons seem to manifest this way as well. And I do think, again, I should point this out. I think that the demons are real demons. I do think that demons exist in a demon world. I think it's the negative emotions that pull them into our world. Even if it's the spiritual realm, it's that connection, that uh, that resi- residual emotion and that buildup of negative energy that, that is the portal for them to be able to come through to the other side and, and to live within us. As, that's kind of my thoughts on how the game is representing itself. Yeah, it's it's all about the strong emotions. And I... And- there is a little bit of me that kind of believes this a little bit. Like, you know, your strong emotions can affect the world a little bit or affect, cause at the very least it affects other people. Right. And so mm-hmm. it's fascinating to have it kind of portray in this way, where if you're a medium, it blocks you from potentially going down places, but that, that skin suit, 
if anyone's ever watched Doctor Who, there's the, the last lady that ever lived, the last person to ever live is just this human skin, uh, skin, <laughs> skin suit with just a face on it. And like, she's always on moisturize me, moisturize oh me. My and she's just hooked up to like vitals. And it's just, you gotta see a picture of it. Cause you'll be like, yeah, yeah, I know where this is at. And uh, I know what happened to her. She became barriers. Is her name Buffalo <laughs> Bill? And did she put the lotion on the skin? Uh, she put, she puts the moisture on the skin. <laughs> got it. That. Doctor Who? Yes. Wow, that's a little bit more gruesome than I thought Doctor Who got. Doctor Who gets fairly gruesome, actually. Dang, so <laughs> No, but it, it's that one's a fascinating episode. Fun fact there. Yeah. Fun but fact. You know what doesn't have a lot of guilt, shame, or regret? Our next ad sponsor. So please listen to them. And we're back. Uh, Tyson, oh, man. You're just looking guilty as all can be after that ad. Guilty. You know what? I'm going to plug a personal (laughs) ad right now. You know what is full of shame and regret is the shame on you channel on our discord server. So if you want to check that out, (laughs) join our discord and jump into that channel. That's true. Yeah. yeah. You can call it your family in there. We don't care, but shame on you. (laughs) The discord is bunny strike. Oh my gosh. Not hard. The guilt is just hounding me. I tell you what, (laughs) just (laughs) similar, similar to the hound. (laughs) <laughs> that hounds you throughout this game. I thought, besides the maw, because obviously the maw is the most terrifying thing. It can, uh, you know, do some crazy shiz that we'll talk about, I'm sure, soon. Uh, but the hound, to me, and that was Henry Vilks, right? Or Vilky, Vilka? Like or? Henry. Agent yeah. Henry, yeah. not Agent not Smith. Not Agent Smith. I know who you're talking about. Oh. I figured I'd say it later. <laughs> I thought you were talking about the little puppy that you well, see his... that guides you. No, 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 Yeah, no, no, he no. was kind of terrifying, but it was really pretty. That's, that's his no, first demon, is that his parents <laughs> named him Henry. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> they loved that song too much. Uh, no, that dog reminded me definitely of some throwback to some Resident Evil action, though. But that dog never oh, comes back. Yeah, that, yeah, that, yeah. Go- that dog is leads you there, and then he's gone. Uh, but no, the hound is Henry Vilk's uh, spirit form. Uh, and I hope I, I think I'm saying that last name right. Uh, but that thing is terrifying. Any any hound-type creature to me, that instantly gets my freaking just my hair standing on end. So while, yeah, the maw is very terrifying in this game, the hound to me was just by far the most terrifying and it was because you really figured out who was behind the hound and it was henry vilks he is a disgusting disgusting person that just loves hate and pain and and blood you go into his subconscious at some point and he is just everything is surrounded in you know dark red tones and he has this child that you keep finding throughout uh, his subconscious and you think it's like an innocent thing and you get to the end and he's just as evil as Henry is, yep. you know? So it's just like this guy literally is a monster and his spirit form. I totally think represented that pure, uh, uh, uh true. There we go. Not pure, but true to what he was. Yeah, no, he, he is the person that had his demons overtake him and in, in such a way where the, the demon didn't consume him. He's fine with the demon. Yeah. Demon's right behind him. He's like, yeah, no. It's like, let's work together, bro. We yeah. want the same and, thing. And so when he died, this his demon chin. was left behind, if I'm not mistaken. And so, like, it's crazy. It's, yeah. That was, a, I definitely agree. That was very, and that, that, that hound was terrifying in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. It Not as terrifying as that, like, giant guy. Richard, oh Richard, Richard's was inner nuts. demons was like outside the. Like, I thought that was gonna be a huge boss battle where he's. We don't even have it in the notes, but holy yeah. crap, that guy was crazy because you could just see like when you were in that room with the wheelchair and you could just see him outside. Just you could see the hand. Oh, 
I thought that, that I, was I didn't even think you were going to mess with that. I thought that was just going to be some background yeah. crap. I'm like, what's this massive thing? That's probably just going to be yeah. some ambiance shit. And then you get jacked by him. Yeah. Like, oh, dude, that brings up a great point that I hadn't even considered is that two demons, there's three demons existing in the in the world there. Only one of them can manifest in the physical world, mm -hmm. but they are left over despite the deaths of their hosts. Yeah, uh, that's nuts. That's three total demons at Neva, dude. That place is like a spiritual black hole. Yeah, it really is, and it's all because of the Ma, and the Ma's at the heart of it. Yeah. Well, the one thing that I really enjoyed about what what Tyson's talking about with Henry here is that they kind of build up to this before you ever even see that he has inner demons. Yeah. Just how Henry is. Uh, he's the dude on the phones when you get the phone messages. Um. Uh -huh. And they make it seem like marry? he's the guy in the dream at the beginning because he has a gloved hand and a gun. Um, but the thing is, like, you see that Henry is a guy, and he even make, makes comments, Henry is a guy that, like, has, has embraced his inner demon. And there's uh, one thing that we didn't mention is that when you're encountering these specific demons, you're actually playing as Thomas, who is Marianne and Lillian's father. So you're playing as a different medium with slightly different powers. But... You encounter these demons, and Henry, when you even try and attack him, he says, the, your tricks aren't going to work on me. So I think that Henry not only is has been taken over by his demons, I think that he, from the beginning, embraced him. Something about how he was brought up or the work that he's involved in. So that's where that tag team comes from. And then, like you say, when he passes on and that guy's left behind and just the things that that thing says and what it lays bare as far as like how the demon world works, I was like, dude... We're getting hit with some heavy swings here. Yeah, really, and that's because it shows the parallels between like Richard and and uh, Richard's demon and the Hound. Like they're they one accepted one, the other one actually didn't quite, but he still was a part of his life and made him do horrible things. And then when it was all said and done, you know, he came the the creature came out, and so it's just fascinating for both of those. But the the most fascinating creature, I would say is uh for me yeah, yeah. personally the ma and, and it's just because he looks just so demented he is a demented being i can't i just don't know how such a little girl could birth such a evil creature Ugh, just such a nasty looking thing too very silent hill feeling in this one for oh, sure yeah. like uh, um disgusting and with that crazy head <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, I, I think shag said it earlier uh feels right out of uh something like uh pan's labyrinth yep. or something that uh gear i'm not even gonna say his name i'll let you say it uh, something that he would create i'm probably gonna mess his name up too but guillermo del toro yeah he uh he's a hispanic author for horror he's basically like the hispanic uh stephen king but on top of that, he does a lot of really awesome, like, monster design for several movies. I mm -hmm. think he even did the ones for Hellboy. Um, so he's always just had really cool designs that I've been in love with. That's the type of stuff that I find scary is, like, really scary monsters. Not jump scares. Not some dude with Darth Maul paint hanging out behind a kid. Like, whatever. Those I, I've not been a huge fan of the horror genre in general, especially in movies, because of this. Because of the approach they take. But when you start making the atmosphere scary and you start throwing in like twisted and demented things, that gets me. And Guillermo's a master of that. And this game channeled all those elements of all the best franchises that do it. It was amazing. And not only do they make it look terrifying, they make it sound terrifying. Because yeah. you know who voices this mother trucker? Troy Baker. God, oh. 
God. <laughs> <laughs> Might as well be the same person. But I didn't see a difference. The one thing about the mall that I thought was nuts, and unfortunately I got up to the point where you basically deal with the hound, and that's as far as I got. But the thing with the mall that blows my mind is the fact that it was trying to initially, or it probably started out this way, possessing deer. Because uh, you can find them lying all around and just janky dead bodies, black and, you know, and it's, they obviously weren't enough to hold him. And it's just nuts his initial start and what you can see, just the carnage all around. And what he seeks is skin. Yeah. Skin. I just want to try your skin on. Yeah, that was the most terrifying thing of it all. Just want your yeah. skin. That was my favorite part of the game is the Maw. And it's because of not only how he looks, the representation, how he adds to the rest of what's going on in the game, but the things that he says. And not just the things, the way. Troy, you said Troy Baker's the guy that voices? Troy Baker, yeah. Dude, he crushes it. Nails it. Because he does that thing that I love where it's like it can't decide on a tone of voice. And it like morphs between these different sounds. And it just says the craziest shit. Like the first thing that you hear, and it's a big tie-in for the game. It's a big part of the story is the, it all ends in me. Oh, my gosh. But the other ones is like, let me try you on. And yeah. sometimes it'll get like really deep and then sometimes it'll have like this childish kind of peak to it. And there's like a sadness, like, don't leave me alone. Stop running. And it's just like weird. But then right after that, he'll be like, you'll be perfect for me. You'll fit so well. And you're just like, oh, my gosh, dude. Yeah, he's definitely like it, it's very perfect horror style to have those ranges because you, you don't know what this this creature is, and it really throws you off the whole time. Even though you can tell that he's a demon, uh, at times you're like, "Well, maybe he's not." Yeah. Well, and, it, and it's nice that you guys brought this up. I didn't think I didn't make this connection with the voice, but I've been watching some possession stuff. Uh, these Mister Ballin videos, uh, very interesting stuff. But he's got some possession videos on there where he it goes over actual audio clips of an old time investigation or possession and exorcism, and it goes over those voices of the demons. And it's like, how did this girl with this light, you know, feathery voice make these sounds and have all these different demon voices? And I think Troy Baker nails that just that vocal variation, and maybe he had to do multiple. Um, you know, layers. Yeah, yeah. Saying the same lines over and over in just different tones, but I think he just nailed that. I loved it. Yeah, it was really cool. Another thing about the Ma that I think we have to address is this is one of my favorite games of hide and seek I've ever played. Yeah, very when good. When he both in the spiritual realm and in the mm -hmm. physical realm, but especially when he's in the physical realm because it's dang near impossible to see him, oh, but I you feel that. the weight and the presence of him there. Like, to the point where yeah. there's a mechanic where it's, like, cover your mouth, which I don't think you actually have to use, but when you do use it, it just scares you more. You're just like, oh, he's going to hear me breathe. Yeah, I could feel <laughs> it in my hand, cramp, trying to use left control, mm -hmm. left alt, and move around all at the same time. Yep. And I, I really enjoyed just oh the sense, because that is a huge part of this game as well, is he is seeking you out, because none of the people that he's worn as skin suits have been powerful enough to survive him inhabiting them. He is obsessed with you because he thinks he knows you're a medium and he thinks you can do it. So you get, especially during these hide and seek moments, uh, that sense of like, he is looking for you and he's desperate or she, whatever it is, it's a demon. We don't know, but I love that. I loved everything that the mob brought to the table, like every ounce of it. And I can't believe we didn't, uh, reveal this, that it was, it basically is manifested or became existent because of a tortured portion of Lillian. 
of mm-hmm. sadness. And so I feel like we definitely got to bring that bring that up is that it did come from her and it's been living off of her this whole time. And even Lillianne, her sadness at the time, tells you that uh, she's not worried about leaving anymore. And Marianne is like, why? And he's like, he doesn't want me anymore. He wants you. And once he's done with you and he's wearing you, he's going to leave this place, but the killing won't ever stop. And so that part was nuts. And I knew I had a high suspicion that they were connected somehow, that she was connected uh, to everything that was going on and, and to be at the heart of it. And it turns out she was. And I loved going through there and all of these creatures, all of these spirits that you say save or deal with have these masks on them. Mm. And I love it. I love that portion of it. No, what was interesting, too, about, like, Lillian and, uh, and this is where I kind of picked it up, Lillian, uh, Marianne, and uh, the father. Sadness. Oh, Thomas. The father. Thomas. Thomas. Is that they all seem like different mediums types. So they, uh, so, like, and they, and the, uh, and Thomas really kind of explains it a little bit, it seems like, where she's very, like, Lillian's a very powerful medium, but... Um, obviously the entity can't come back to her. Maybe it was part of the deal. Maybe it's because she can create those types of things or do certain things where Marianne can do, um, interact and, and in very different other ways. That's what I kind of got from that was it just, I want to see more to be honest. I want to see a second one just to help explain all that. Well, a lot of it kind of ties into to the masks that Tyson was talking about, which I agree is one of the coolest things, again, philosophically in the game. Um, but just to kind of set the mask things up, we'll go a little bit more into the ma here. So basically what happens is um, Agent Henry, after tying up Thomas because he's been hunting him down for either the Nazi party or the so the Soviet party, he's... Working for some government agency. I believe it's the Soviet party. He ties him up Mm -hmm. and he burns his house down with his children trapped inside. And so it implies that, and you find out which one did it, but it implies that one of the children made a deal with their inner demon uh, because so far through the game, all the demons are contained within you and you have the ability to either deal with your inner demons or to let them consume you. But that's the end of it. Um, But in this case, the demon makes a deal with them. I can save you from this fire but you have to allow me out and free. Mm-hmm. And that's why he won't go back to Lily. It's not because he can't use her, I don't think. It's because of the pact that was made. Like, he can't come back as part of that deal. But she also can't do anything to force him back out back out from the open world. Um, and so what happens is there's, like, this split where the demon separates from Lily, and then Lily has her spirit version of herself, which is sadness, And you see that interaction because the demon doesn't really ever chase after sadness, but every other, and sadness has this mask as well. Every other mask you encounter has been a skin suit or, or was murdered by the ma. And so what you come to kind of find out is that these masks represent the soul. And so you have like your physical self and your soul self. Sadness is the soul self of Lillianne. Um, and you interact with these other ones throughout the game. And I really liked the concept of that. Cause one of the things they explain that the mod does is that he, he doesn't just like rip your soul from your body. He tears your soul apart. And then on top of that, when he wears someone as a skin suit, he gets, he develops a taste for murder, which it starts off with the nurse and they go into that, how that's where he got his first taste and really liked it. And that's why he went around slaughtering everyone in Niwa and trying on all these new 
skin suits because a he liked it and b he's eviscerating their souls anyway so he's literally destroying people uh, on both sides of the fence because he, he can exist in both sides of the fence the the connection here that's interesting is that when you play as thomas you start out playing as marianne and what marianne does is when the host is dead she passes the, the spirit on to the next world the difference between Thomas is when you play as Thomas, Thomas rips your soul out of your body and leaves your physical body in a vegetative state. Um, and there's several accounts as you read through different things that you find where the doctor's like, we have no idea what's wrong with him, but he's a potato. Uh, so it's really interesting because Thomas is like very vengeful with the way that his medium powers work. Well, when you start to consider that the Ma was manifested through Lillianne, who's the, the daughter of Thomas, as well as Marianne, uh, her ability seems to be similar in that the Ma goes around and tears people's souls out from their bodies. Being a demon, he obviously has a little bit more control of that, but I think some of the Ma's abilities are based out of what Lillian's medium powers were. And, oh, sorry. I'm banging on the table, guys, in case you didn't notice. But Marianne's powers are very different, and I think that's why they see her as the hope, and that's why she gets set up as the heroine, to the point where... When they escape the fire, she has some pretty serious burns, and they're in, they're in the hospital. Um, Liliana, I think, didn't have any of these because she was the one that saved them, so to speak. But her father chooses to abandon her there at the hospital. And part of the game is you you learn that Thomas is your father and that Liliana is your sister. Uh, but I think that that is the big kind of difference there is the difference in the medium powers and why Marianne is perceived to be the one who can save everyone, why Thomas is hoping that she'd come back, why Liliana's been... Because apparently Lillian's aware of these visions that you've been having, and she interprets them as not something that happened in the past, but an interpretation of the future. So she's just a lot of craziness. So she's also like an oracle. Yeah, there's a lot of craziness and correlation that goes on. And you can see when you do run into Lillian, the, the human, not the spirit, that she is beginning to show the signs of cracking. She's endured about as much as she can endure. Well, she was um, stuck in a bunker for how many years? Yeah, like, yeah. that's a crazy part of the story, too, is shoot the, the bunker under the red house. Yeah, I like, too, that they, they go into the father's split feelings on that because he knows he has to stop the ma, but he also knows that, like, he can't. Because there's a moment where it seems like he considers killing his daughter, but then he's like, but I don't think I could do it. And even his spirit self-confirms that. And then Tyson actually has, and actually maybe we should talk about that. Tyson has a theory about the separation of the spirit version of Thomas versus the physical version of Thomas. Oh, I think he's a, I think he's a split personality, and that's just how he deals with it. Because Marianne, when she does her divergence into the spirit world, she's the same spirit as she is, you know, in this. Uh, she's the same person, you know. She's acting as the same person. Whereas with Thomas, it's like the first time you're introduced to him is when he like you know, does his focus thing and, and pulls him up in a mirror. And then you can see him walk around the outside of this house through the windows and he's in this mirror and he's just having this conversation. And you can kind of tell that the spirit version of him is a little more sadistic. Like he only uses him when he's got to get what he, what he wants and everything else has failed. And uh, so I think either, either they genuinely are two different things and that spirit Thomas is like his spirit side demon and they've just found a way to work together kind of like Henry has or he literally is the same person but he deals with it via a split personality and so that's that's kind of the way I I felt about it but again I didn't beat the game I'm, I'm right at the end yeah uh, so something might reveal itself to debunk me so yeah and uh it, it just felt like that 
just once again that he was a different type of medium too with that that's what yeah, it also yeah. kind of felt like that he was a different type of medium with the way he interacted with his other self mm-hmm. yeah and then i just a tie in there i do think that like lillian inherited her version of medium powers from her father they, they seem to be very closely related where marianne's tend to be unique but on top of that for me my interpretation of it was that that was just kind of a way to visualize an internal dialogue with himself about what he has to do because i don't think he likes ripping these souls from their bodies but when he feels that they've crossed the line and the demon is doing a bigger part in that person's life than the person is doing in that person's life. He sees it as necessary. And then he, like you say, that is kind of indicative though of a split personality. That's kind of how that starts. So it's interesting because I totally see where you're coming from with that theory, but I'm not sure that I'm all the way there yet though. I do see the, uh, the red flags that definitely point that direction. Uh, But yeah, that's pretty much what's going on in the game. There's a lot of interesting stuff, though, behind the development. Like James brought one up earlier with the fact that uh, a lot of the Silent Hills team was there for the music and stuff. Yeah. Had no no clue. That's awesome. It's crazy. And and I'll include the video in it because, like, the developers actually created a YouTube video before they launched the game that had, like, nine interesting facts. And I watched it, and I was like, yeah, these are actually really cool. More companies needed to do this. Um, First off, development started back in 2012. And it was slated to be released on the Wii U, PS3, and Xbox 360. So uh, they, they and Cyberpunk have a very much in common, except for uh, they released a not buggy game, except for, <laughs> well, I can't say that. I crashed three times at the end of the game, which I lost about 10 minutes of gameplay. That actually was kind of frustrating. But uh, it's also more indie style they had a less ambition. You can definitely tell because there's not really any combat or anything like that. So mm-hmm. there's a lot less to mess up in this, but it's interesting that like uh, these two, like they're both Polish companies, aren't they? I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. They're both Polish companies started back in 2012. Just some parallelism between cyberpunk and the medium, you know, on development oh, and yeah. cycle and all that. And so it's, it's, it's fascinating. CD CD project red is their spirit side. No, oh my gosh. material side. Oh I, my gosh, like we cracked it. I like that a lot. <laughs> no, it's probably true. Bluber leaked all the no, I'm just leaked <laughs> source code. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's all. Watch our news on that. Uh, yeah. Another news. interesting thing is that Marianne and Thomas are based off of two famous Polish actors, uh, Veronka and Rosita, uh, Rosita and uh, Marcin. Veronka Rosati. Mar- what? Veronica Rosati? Maybe. These are Polish names. I'm not going to go much further. But Marcin Dorosinski. Marcin Dorosinski. Yeah. Oh my God. I'm going to say Marcin or Mark Markin? Markin. You guys decide. Yeah. No, I knew, us, how the, I knew how to pronounce this yesterday, and obviously I forgot already. Let us know <laughs> how to pronounce it because Yahavice clearly, it. clearly we're struggling. Uh, not even the right language. Uh, <laughs> so also, uh, like the composer, you know, was in the medium was the main composer for Silent Hill. Uh, the hotel does actually exist and it's called, uh, the hotel crack. Oh my gosh. I'm going to have to go back into this crack. The crack. hotel crack. Krakow- it must be in Cracovia. Ca- this game takes place in Canada. Cracovia. No, it's, it's Cracovia. <laughs> You're right. So, ha- what was the massacre that happened there? I don't think there Same was thing? one. It's just, it just was is based off this hotel that was in the city, where there was a massacre. Krakow or whatever I think is the name of the city, and so yeah, Krakow was the name of the city. I looked that one up. And so Cracovia or is Krakow. The, Krakow. 
This is funny. I got to bring this up now that we're talking about this. Cracko. James was streaming this, and I was watching him, and I was like, I'm surprised you're not playing this with the Russian translation because James speaks a little Russian. And James was like, this isn't Russian. And I was like, oh, I just assumed because she was pronouncing W's as V's. They don't do that in Russia. My, my bad. <laughs> what a racist. My bad. Yeah, like pretty much. I was just like, I clearly don't have an understanding of how to differentiate languages. And that's when I canceled you. I was like, nope, nope, can't come on anymore. Sorry, that's Chad. True. You like, can't get this wrong. He's like, this is the last podcast, and if you don't explain yourself well enough, get out. <laughs> the apartment building, um, also at the beginning, is feature. it's actually in the city. It's fairly photorealistic, so it looks great. Because it, they essentially made mm-hmm. a photo into the game. And it's also, they have another game called Observer System Redux, which is actually kind of interesting. It's based in 2084. And it actually, the, there's a scene in it that, um, of the apartments be in like the alleyway of the apartments that looks just like it in both games, but one's futuristic. Mm-hmm. So that's actually, it's just fascinating. It's very fascinating. Like the cutscenes. Um, I, I, just, I just really like this behind the scenes because you don't see this very often and it was short enough so I could watch it without yeah. getting bored and like the cutscenes were all mocked out by the lead developers they were on their chairs doing everything and then um, like the ma, the ma is on these stilts you know they so, just so for whoever they had as an actor was that like specified I'm assuming they were using employees to act this all out right so was was the job the job description must be able to walk on stilts uh, that was an that was actually an actor. Uh, I don't know because they did use cap. They they did use uh, oh, motion yeah. capture, motion yeah. capture, oh, okay. but um, <laughs> because of coronavirus, they had to make some improvises, and so I I think some of the animations are from the developers. So oh, gotcha, uh, and, and yeah, must be proficient in go. And walk on stilts. Oh. <laughs> and then there are, Oh, my gosh. That would be hilarious. I don't think you're going to be using Go, though. Yeah, you're not going to be using Go. We're just going to need you on stilts. Still, that would be... They just get a developer that's, like, really good at them. Well, I'm, I'm okay on stilts. And then just use it for stilts. Exactly. I needed to know that you connected with me in the vision that oh. I had. <laughs> the fact that you were good at Go, I knew oh. you were the one. So, yeah. And then, like, you can find artifacts throughout the world that are in relation to their past um, game and also to them as a company. And they also have, like, on postage stamps, you'll see some of the developers' faces on the postage stamps. Oh, that's cool. What a nice way to get yourself in there, like, actually get yourself and put yourself in a way that's not going to break the immersion The immersion, well, it's because they blended it well. It's not like they just took a selfie. They're like, hold on, I'm going to take a selfie. I know, but, yeah, exactly what I'm saying. What a great way to just do it and do it right. I'm upset I couldn't get a selfie with the Ma. Oh, where's, where's, photo? where's photo mode, dude? Just you like the classic. Click. <laughs> <laughs> um, so one thing that I kind of threw it down here because it does relate to kind of a spoiler, but it's also just a cool part of the game. One of the mechanics that you have is a spiritual power. We didn't talk about these, actually. There's a couple of them. You have a spirit force field that oh, protects yeah. you from the flesh moths or whatever they are, which seem to only manifest when the moths nearby, by the way. Yeah. You have a spirit blast, which will save you from his reach if it works. I think there's parts of the game where it's not allowed to work. I got wrecked despite how much spiritual energy I had. But mostly you use the spiritual blast to, like, um, charge up because she always says energy is energy, so you use it to charge up like uh, fuse boxes that are blown out or whatever. But one of them is an out of body experience, which was one of my favorite mechanics because it adds to the supernatural vibe of the game. Um, they kind of put a limitation on it, and she comments about it where she's like, I can't stay in this form too long. And then there's something else that you either pick up and read, or she talks about it another time where 
she says or it says that uh, if you spend too much time in that out of body experience, your soul actually becomes trapped and you become lost in that spirit world and just kind of doomed to wander around, which is all really cool as a mechanic. I thought it was very clever, but it also added and enhanced to everything else that was going on in the game. But where the spoiler comes in is after you've beaten the game and you roll through the credits, you see a male pair of legs walk by with some nice, you know, fancy brown business shoes, lean down and pick up Thomas's stopwatch. And this is all happening in the spirit world. And this is after hearing spirit Thomas Mm. say that he can no longer feel Thomas, which is a very big deal. I can't go into it too much because it's kind of complicated to explain, but like the fact that his spirit half can't sense him, but it's clear that he's not dead. Well, I guess it's not clear. They're not sure if he's dead or not, but like the spirit is confused because he feels like it would be different if he was dead. So that ending scene almost makes it seem like in one of Thomas's attempts to save Lillianne, and because he was always devising crazy plans. Like you see the Malachum Maleficrum, whatever that witch hammer book is called, which by the way was a dope Easter egg because that's a real book and it's pretty brutal if you're a, if you're pro witch uh, that you don't want to read that book. Hopefully it's just used (laughs) as a joke or something like that. She's like, hopefully it's just used as like, you know, for fun. Yeah. Well, and then there's that like, there's that like witch circle on the ground. What that shows is that Thomas is trying everything he can to like expel the demon from his daughter, but save his daughter. Yeah. So I was wonder if he went on a, a walkabout in the spirit realm and became trapped there and so it does set up for a sequel but it's also odd because they've announced that they have no in, no plans i shouldn't say no intentions but no no plans for any dlc for this game but they didn't say anything about a sequel i was gonna say they better have a sequel to yeah. this because that was one of the largest cliffhangers i've ever seen mm-hmm. in anything mm-hmm. yeah that that to me screams sequels coming yeah so. and i loved all the character I loved everything about this game. All the characters were cool. The monsters were cool. Marianne was an awesome lead. Um, the disconnect. Sorry, I keep thumping on things. The disconnect between Thomas and spiritual and physical. I found really interesting and want to know more about that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wonder if Francis will play a bigger role in the next. Oh. Maybe in the next game you get to see what happens at Neva. That you get to be there for the massacre and then him trying to like solve all this mm-hmm. leading up to when. Agent Henry uh, comes onto the scene and burns everything. But yeah. uh, it, it's just as it would, to me, there's a lot there for a sequel, but man, it was awesome. I loved everything about this game. The mechanics were great. The controls, a little wonky, Ugh. but honestly, they're not so bad that you don't adapt to them after about an hour of playing. So Yeah, you adapt by plugging in an effing controller. Yep. I I didn't, but I do. I do. I am jealous of anyone that did plug in. A I controller. didn't because I'm re- <laughs> I'm not that smart. But if you're smart, you adapted by getting a controller. Yeah, the controller was so much easier because I didn't do keyboard and mouse at the beginning, and I'm like, no, I'm I'm good. Mm-hmm. Like this is definitely a game because I I suffered through little nightmares. But it, to be honest, it's so 2D in a lot of ways. Yeah, it was fine that it it didn't bother me. This one was it had so much depth to it. I'm like, I have to do it. Yeah. Now, if it was a Resident Evil, they'd be a little different, but because the way this game's set up, it, it wants to show everything in a very cinematic way. That's the point of using this yeah. kind, of, kind of camera style. Uh, I found it beautiful. Like, the story, the atmosphere, um, I'm a big story guy, so, like, that's the stuff I liked. I didn't care for the mechanics and not being able to shoot things and all that and running as much. Like, it was okay, Like, but everything else made up for it. I, I want to add, too, that one thing that really impressed me with this game is how they went about telling the story um, and the narrative. It reminded me very much of the Kingkiller Chronicles and how that starts out with 
it doesn't just jump into the story and how it happens. It's someone telling their story. And this is the second time I've seen that style really well done. Like I really liked the every once in a while as you play through game, it cuts back to her recounting what happened and how she felt about it. And then you go and you play through those memories, so to speak. And it's just effing awesome. Like I really want to swear a lot, but it was awesome. <laughs> no, it, 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 it's very fun. And, and I, yeah, you definitely, uh, Shag was the first one to finish it. And so it definitely, he, he's got me very much amped for it when I played it. And I really did like it. As for verdicts, what are your guys' verdicts? Maybe Tyson's might be uh, incomplete in the sense that it hasn't completed yet. <laughs> uh, I'm going to give it a uh, seven. Uh only because I was stubborn enough to keep playing it with the keyboard. So, <laughs> but no, it was a great story. I loved it a lot. Uh, honestly, uh, I'm going to verify that it says to use the controller over the keyboard, but I swear it says to use the freaking keyboard. And if it, and if I'm wrong, this is an, this is a nine out of tenner. If, uh, if I'm really? right though, if I'm right, it's a seven out of 10. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, this is an easy eight for me. Um, I can't go so far as to give it a nine. I don't know why. Like, I do feel like it deserves it, but at the same time, like, 9 and 10 to me are, like, really, you got to blow my mind. And this game is super impressive. That's why I say easy 8. Like, it's tilting on that 9. It's knocking on the door. Um, but I think they played it a little safe, maybe. That might be what I'm. what's kind of holding me back. Uh, the controls, you'll notice, but they weren't enough for me to, to knock anything off the rating for, so that's not what's holding it back. Uh, but here's my last thoughts on it. Uh, quit bogarting this awesome game, Xbox, and let us PS5 guys have it. <laughs> because, I mean, let's be real. One of my initial concerns with this game was, like, people were in the early reviews going, this is the best exclusive on the Xbox uh, One X or whatever the new thing's called. And I was like, e yeah, but it's also the only exclusive, so I'm not sure how much stock to put in that. But then after playing it, I've been telling every friend I have that has an Xbox, I'm like, play this game. It's effing awesome. All I got to say to that is uh, get a PC. <laughs> Shut Listen, up. I got to play it, but I'm telling you, if I could have played it on my PS5. He would have given it a 10 out of 10. I will, I will replay it if it ever comes out on PS5. 11 out we'll of see, because I think they're very tied into uh, Microsoft, and I wouldn't be surprised yep. if Microsoft picked up their studio. Um, They've gone the way of the Apple. It's Everything's going to be proprietary from now on. I mean, oh. Sony started that. <laughs> it says use a gamepad. I saw, I saw, like, I don't know, pad or something. So I was like keypad or something. Who calls a controller a game pad? Fine. We're half, we're half, uh, at li at liable for this bloober. So I'm going to meet you in the middle. And I'm going to give you an eight. <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm going to give this game an 8.5 out of 10. Um, because I did like it a lot and I was tempted to drop this down to a seven just because the controls and mechanics and all that stuff. But, um, that's not what this game was meant to be. Yeah. This, they had an idea for this game. It was what it was. I can't knock it for not liking um, some of the mechanics uh, because this isn't my game. But uh, it, everything just felt fluid enough. It didn't feel alien. Like even the mechanics didn't feel really alien. It's not my fault that I, those aren't my favorite type of controls. Um, it felt like it met really well with the game. So yeah, and what it was 5. trying to do. And yeah. honestly, I would have given it an eight point five. I just don't like to do the points. Like I, 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 I created that. Just I just, barely. I just, <laughs> I just like to give it a solid number because the points just get weird. That's why I had to say it the way I said it, which is like it's knocking on nine's door hard, but 
it's well, just not I got quite the high, there. You, got, you hear that? Uh, I think it's the best game here. Uh, I gave it an <laughs> 8.5. Shaq doesn't like it that much. so It's going to be the best uh, game that Xbox gets for the entire lifetime of that console, so go out and play it. <laughs> <laughs> tell Maybe, us, tell uh, the second one. I'm sorry. I'm super biased, and I apologize to all our Xbox fans. The console is awesome. You will have great games, but I got to hype up my PS. I mean, PS Halo is going to be pretty good, but anything, I mean, anything else we want to wrap up this episode with? It's pretty good, despite me uh, mocking the controls. I don't think it could have been uh, uh, shown in any in a better way. It, ter- it totally fits, even though it crapped my hand. Play it. Give it a try. Uh, wonderful story. It's unique in the design, so it's not going to be for everyone. I can understand where the divisive uh, ratings come from. But honestly, if you're someone who's not locked into one type of game and you like unique, good experiences and good narrative and fun gameplay and interesting puzzles everything's there. It's just going to be different than anything that you've played before. Worst comes to worst, watch a playthrough. Yeah, well, yeah exactly. It's, it's an easy watcher. It's, it's an easy watcher, but uh, I like supporting the developers, so if you can, buy the game if you like this type of game. And uh, thank you guys for listening. This has been an awesome podcast. And just a little shout-out, once again, go to our Discord. Go to our uh, YouTube channel, actually, now, which yeah. is... Uh, it's not. It's called Games Revealed, but uh, you might have to search it for it and uh, see the little con- purple controller. That's what it looks like because I don't think we own the actual Games Revealed URL. Yeah, we uh, we intentionally made it difficult because that's part of the fun is revealing where it, it is. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, yeah. You're gonna have to go dig up that old body in the backyard, and it has a note in the mouth, and you. That has the address of where to find our YouTube. Yeah. Worst worst comes to worst, just go to gamesrevealed.com, then link it from there. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, so uh, go to gamesrevealed.com forward slash landing if you want to see, like, kind of a portfolio of all the stuff we're doing. And uh, thank you for listening. This has been the Games Revealed podcast, and this is James. I'm Tyson. Chagua. Peace out. Later. Peace. Hey, everyone. This is James here, just here to promote some awesome merch. You can check out one of our best items, which is the bunny bitten hat at shop.bunnystrike.com. Or you can uh, find a link on our website at gamesrevealed.com. You can also check out quizzes, articles, and additional podcasts there. And you can also add to the discussion. So if you have something to add about, the, let's say, the podcast, whether you liked it, didn't like it, or what your thoughts on the game are, please go there and just make a comment. We love, definitely love positive feedback. But if you have some constructive f- feedback, please leave it. Uh, you can find links also in the description of the podcast. So what are you waiting for? Get going to one of the best up-and-coming websites that has new features every week. Okay, catch you guys later.